So Money episode 1236, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome to So Money, everybody. Friday, August 6, 2021. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. What a week, yeah? In case you have been away from the podcast or any of my social channels, you may not know the big news. The big news is that I am licensing this podcast to the wonderful people at CNET and parent company Red Ventures. As part of our partnership, I am joining the team full-time as editor-at-large of personal finance. Later on in the show, I'm going to bring on Sharon Profis, who is executive editor and senior director of content for CNET, who can share more about the vision for CNET personal finance. She and her team are going to be leading that charge, and I am on that team. And she's just super cool. So hang on for Sharon's interview. I thought it'd be also important to spend a lot of this particular Ask Farnoosh on answering your questions about this partnership. I asked earlier this week on Instagram if you had any questions about CNET and you did. So I want to answer those first before bringing on Sharon, who's going to offer some of the more big picture stuff that's happening over there and how CNET is going to be a differentiator in the world of personal finance. Before all of that, though, let's go to iTunes and pick our reviewer of the week. This person will get a free 15-minute money session with me. And actually, one of the questions that I got (laughs) was, hey, Farnoosh, are you going to continue offering free money sessions? I don't know. With your new partnership, will this be allowed? The answer is yes, absolutely. This is one of my favorite, favorite parts of the week. The thing I look forward to a lot is connecting with one of you listeners one-on-one. Gives me a sense of who really is out there. We're going to go back in the archives a bit and pick our reviewer of the week, who is Local Natives 76. This listener says, I discovered the show about three years ago, and it's been an amazing learning experience. I came from a background where my parents instilled good values of saving money and being frugal, but knew little about investing. This podcast was a great way to fill those gaps and learn so much about investing and so many other topics like mortgages and debt. I'm now on track to have a better financial future and just Listener says, I love the Q&A episodes. Feels like there's always something new to learn from other listener questions. Well, thanks so much for your review. You can email me, farnushitsomoneypodcast.com. This is for local natives 76. If you're listening and you're like, that's my alias, you know to reach out. You can also direct message me on Instagram at farnushtarabi. And let me know you left the review. I'll send you a link. You pick a time and then it's booked. We're going to chat. In case you missed any of our episodes this week, highly recommend you go back and listen to Stephanie Kibler, who's the founder of Poorer Than You, her blog and her work dedicated to helping lower and middle income Americans get ahead. She comes to this blog with her own life experiences of being forced to drop out of college, having student loan debt, not making a lot of money and not really finding a lot of resources, experts, books to address her specific financial life. Realized there are many people like her that are underserved in the world of personal finance, lower middle income Americans. That's Stephanie Kibler 
on Wednesday. And then on Monday, we spoke with relationship expert Sammy Wunder, who has helped hundreds of women find love. And a lot of these women are successful. They've got big jobs. They make good money. They might be the breadwinners in their relationships. And so I thought it'd be really interesting to talk to her and understand what she's hearing and how she's helping her clients find true love. And she had some interesting thoughts and opinions on how to navigate the dating landscape. I think there's a lot of mixed messages out there for men and for women as to you know what is right, what is appropriate, who should pay, who should take the lead. Sammy has some opinions on this. You might not all agree, but I thought it was still interesting. So that's Sammy Wunder on Monday. Also yesterday, I announced my partnership with CNET, gave you a little bit of a backstory on that in case you want to go back and listen to that to understand more of the the why and the how of this partnership. But today, we're also going to spend some time addressing your specific questions about what licensing so money to CNET means. How might this change the show? What will it mean for my work, my presence? And then later on, we'll hear from Sharon Profis, who is executive editor at CNET, who's been hugely helpful to me this week. And I think for many years to come, she and I are going to be best buds. She is spearheading the personal finance initiative at CNET to help them grow to this next dimension. All right. We have a question here from a listener who says, did you sell the brand? I did not sell the brand. I still own the So Money trademark. I still own my business. Instead, I am licensing the So Money trademark and this podcast to Red Ventures, the parent company of CNET. And then CNET will be able to take over the business essentially of the podcast. And in exchange, I receive a licensing fee. This is pretty straightforward and pretty standard. And I hope this is inspiration to listeners. If you ever create something, a TV show, a podcast, a book, you can create licensing agreements around these types of assets. And not all licensing agreements are the same. Some have different provisions, obviously different fees, different parameters, different terms, but that's for you and the other party to agree upon. What licensing allows the other party to do by licensing your brand or merchandise, they are essentially able to leverage the intellectual property to create branded products if they want. They can take, for example, CNET could legally take the So Money name and attach it to other products within its company for a period of time. In return, they pay the licensor a royalty or a fee for the use of that. So this partnership comes already with the So Money podcast, but CNET's welcome to create other products with the So Money name, take over the business of that. I would work on those initiatives and together we would collaborate. I saw this as an opportunity to get the So Money name out there more. CNET has 110 million unique visitors a month. And if just a fraction, a small fraction of those audiences, of those people became familiar with So Money, became familiar with the quality of this podcast and really started to tap into it. Uh, I mean, that's in my book, the definition of going to the next level. And as any creator knows, if you're listening, whether you create art or music or a podcast or you're a writer... Uh, or you create technology, you know that you're always tweaking it. You're always wondering what's next. And I was kind of in that place uh, a year ago, wondering where do I take this show? Where's What's the next level where I feel like I can continue to be authentic to the show? Uh, I'm not going to complicate my life, right? I don't want to hire a ton of people and outsource stuff and get investors potentially to give me money to then go and do the bigger things. 
And then this opportunity came knocking on my door and it made a lot of sense to be able to retain the rights to the show, to be the primary owner of the brand, but to license it for a term to Red Ventures, to CNET, uh, was very attractive because it meant that for me, I got to continue to do what I love to do, which is produce this show, be a voice in the personal finance space. And with their help and with their resources, it's going to be able to get this brand and me out there more to better serve you. It was a business decision, but it was also a very personal decision. You know, I wanted this for me, for the show. I saw a lot of potential in this partnership. When I met all the people at Red Ventures and CNET, I thought, I like these people. Always important to work with elegant people, right? We learned that on this show. This show, there was a guest. It was one of the best pieces of business advice I think I ever heard. And it came from, interestingly enough, a director on The Handmaid's Tale. She came on this show, Kari Skoglin. Go back and listen because it was an epic episode. But one of the things that I walked away with from that interview and that I never forgot was if she said, if you have the opportunity in your life to work with elegant people, grab it. Grab that opportunity. And what does elegant mean? People that you highly respect, that are respectful to you, that are honest, they're constructive in their feedback, they follow through on their commitments, they say please, they say thank you, uh, they're not toxic, they understand inclusivity matters. And I was very drawn to their culture. And in this partnership, I feel like I'm getting the best of both worlds where I get to keep my business and be full-time at an exceptional company. I feel like I got two companies in this partnership. I got Red Ventures and I got CNET. A lot of us are familiar with CNET. It is the leading platform and publisher of technology news, analysis, reviews. Red Ventures recently purchased CNET in a major acquisition last year. And since then, uh, the two companies have been working together to find new ways to grow CNET. Red Ventures is a media company. It's the owner of many brands. It's the owner of many publishers and media platforms we know, including Lonely Planet, TV Guide, The Points Guy, Next Advisor, where I have been contributing for the past year and a half, Healthline Media, and now CNET. And as they say right on their homepage, we help people discover and decide. And financial decisions are life decisions. Somebody asked, what's my goal? I think I've sort of answered that. What's my goal with this partnership? It's really to uh, get more of the good advice and the inspiration that we hear on this show to the masses and to provide that same advice in myriad ways. So I've been I've been hard at work on the podcast and I do some social media, I do some speaking, I do some media, and this partnership is going to allow me to do more of all of the things. And I joked in my announcement that there was even talk this week, first thing of doing some TikToks and I was like, can we just take a minute? I just got here uh I'm not sure where I stand on TikTok. However, you'll probably see me there in good time. The team at CNET knows what it's doing when it comes to social. They've got a million followers on Instagram. I think also a million followers on TikTok. So it's kind of nice to know that I'm in good hands in showing up on these platforms that maybe I haven't shown up before. I wouldn't have really taken the chance before. There's going to be a strong PR push to get me out there, to get the good advice to the masses. I mean, we are at a critical juncture in our world. The pandemic, it's not over yet. Uh, but as we emerge-ish, we're at this place of of facing some of the decisions that we've put on the back burner or facing new decisions that have come about because of the pandemic. A lot of them are money related. 
And money matters more than we sometimes realize. And to be able to be at the forefront of that, talking about it, helping people walk through these decisions, think through these decisions is an absolute privilege. And to be doing it with a partner that has such scale and and is so trusted and has such deep resources is just a dream come true. And that's my vision. That's my goal with the partnership is just do more of what I'm doing in bigger ways, 24 seven, so money. (laughs) Somebody wants to know, and it's a good question. Are you going to set your own schedule or will you have to do a nine to five or something? Uh, Look, I mean, I work all the time already. I don't think that I have done a very good job of creating boundaries between my work and my life, especially in the last 18 months or so. Having said that, you know, I do understand the importance of taking breaks and prioritizing things like my health and my family's well-being. And that is the culture at Red Ventures. That is the culture at CNET. You're hearing this podcast on Friday, August 6th. And in fact, the entire Red Ventures company is closed today uh, because they wanted to give that to their employees just a Friday off because why not? You know, we could all use a Friday off from time to time. And that's just a small example of how Red Ventures puts its employees first. So I don't anticipate uh, being on call on weekends in the late evenings. I don't think anybody really has that life (laughs) at Red Ventures or CNET. I'm sure sometimes when you're working on launches or big events, there's going to be an expectation of putting in the work and that might mean longer hours sometimes. And I'm not afraid of that. People know me. I'm not afraid of hard work. It's part of the recipe for how I've gotten to where I am, that doesn't worry me. So nine to five, it would be nice to actually have a structure of nine to five, as opposed to whenever all the time, Farnoosh just podcast, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, it would be nice to kind of be uh, condensing my work day to some hours of the day. Someone says, what will be the most visible change to the podcast? There have been talks about rebranding the podcast a little bit, uh, whether that is something like a title change, like So Money, powered by CNET, uh, putting the CNET logo on the album, on the cover art, uh, integrating CNET in some smart ways into So Money, some of the coverage on CNET that's really important, really valuable, uh, bringing those journalists onto the show to talk about you know, breaking news or changes in financial policy or new instruments, new tools, new calculators that they're bringing to market to help everybody make smarter financial choices. I think that's all really great stuff and really valid stuff to bring onto the show. Will you cover tech news and startups? Well, there are many people at CNET that are already doing that far better than I ever could. And I encourage you to go to CNET and and get that tech news and startup coverage there. But when relevant, of course, we'll talk about, we already talk about a lot of the financial apps and technologies that are available to us and how they can help us make better choices. We bring sometimes those founders on the show or we review them on the show. I think there's definitely room for that. But in terms of focusing on strictly tech news or startups, that's not really my lane. And I'm going to leave that to those at CNET that do it better. I think it's time to bring on Sharon Profis now. She is executive editor at CNET. Sharon, welcome. It's good to have you. And thank you so much for bringing me on board, believing in the So Money brand. I, I just finished my first week, you know, so it was a lot of getting to know people. Fortunately, I didn't have to learn where the bathrooms were or anything like that. I didn't get lost around the office because everybody's home. So that is one perk to joining a company in this moment. Anyway, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, That is a huge benefit. And I would say that 
I think we're more excited than you are, Farnoosh, because I got a lot of messages on Slack throughout the week like, Farnoosh is the best. Is it okay if I message her? And I'm like, yes, she is now a part of our team. Reach out. She's going to love it. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. The feeling is so mutual. I was really unsure about, you know, what the reaction would be, quite frankly, for my audience. I mean, on the one hand, I certainly expected enthusiasm and support. They're always there for the support and they are lovely. But the understanding of how a brand like So Money and a personal finance expert, a money person like me, why it would make sense to venture over to a technology platform. I thought maybe there'd be some confusion there. And you know what? There wasn't. Everybody got it. And I think that speaks a lot about where we are in the world, Sharon. And also uh, why CNET is taking money so seriously is because technology and money, we're in bed together now, right? I mean, this is it. And people understand that. And so they totally get why a financial brand would want to go and work in-house somewhere that is known very well for its technology coverage. I am so glad to hear that. And it, it did, from from my view too, look like your audience was so excited, which just made the party even more fun. And technology really is, it's intertwined with everything. It's in personal finance, it's in health, it's in its in everything we do. And that's why we launched on CNET and we felt really, really good about having a place in the world covering personal finance. That was a year ago. So you're joining just after our one year anniversary. And I think the timing is just perfect because it really does solidify what we're doing. Well, thank you. And and you bring up a good point that technology is impacting all aspects of our lives, not just money, but um, you have been at the forefront of helping CNET expand on all these other fronts with this understanding that technology influences things like money, but also our health experience. So tell us what about your role at CNET. I want everyone to know more about you. You're the executive editor and senior director of content. And in that role, which by the way, is a more recent role at CNET because you've been there for many years in many capacities, but more recently you've been helping them lead the charge in building these new businesses and identifying these new frontiers. So tell us about your role yeah, a a big mission of my role is to, in a really practical way, expand CNET into these new topics that 10 or so years ago, we would have never imagined we'd be exploring as a brand because we were so technology focused. As, as technology started to seep into all these other topics, we realized that we could be really aggressive about exploring them in ways that would be really helpful to our audience. At the end of the day, what CNET does is we help people make better decisions based on what's going on in the world. And so several years ago, we launched Smart Home. And that was early days of connected cameras and light bulbs that changed color. Today, that topic is now just known as home (laughs) because like personal finance and even health, everything in your home is, is somehow connected to technology. And my role became more necessary because these new topics needed a lot of focus and attention. So the first one that I launched was health and wellness. And we were still early days back then, but now in hindsight, it just makes so much sense that CNET would cover health and wellness. 
So much of health flows through technology. And we really believe that consumers, everyone listening is the CEO of their own body. You have full control of from discovering what's going on with your body or what may be changing in the future to actually taking action, whether that's putting an Apple Watch on your wrist or downloading an app that pulls in your health records so you can really take control. We want to cover and we do cover all of that. And so I think of personal finance really similarly. As technology seeps into all things personal finance, people have way more access to making changes on the fly for the near term and for the long term without a lot of outside help, which is a good thing. I think it's a Mm -hmm. scary thing sometimes. um, But I think it's also a very empowering thing to know that you can do a lot to positively impact your personal finances using technology and resources right in front of you. I agree. I mean, we know that um, money is so emotional and you know, it's especially right now as we're emerging from this pandemic, a lot of us are coming out of this moment, even though we're not really out of it. But you know what I mean? We're, we're hopefully on the, in the home stretch of going back to a, a, a normal ish life. But with that, the last 18 months were really hard in many ways, different ways for people. And now we have to make financial decisions again, big ones, spending decisions. I my advice is like take a minute, you know, don't rush into things. I know there's a lot of exuberance. We want to go to a vacation, we want to buy a car, we want to buy a house, but it's like wait a minute, right? Like have you taken the time to reevaluate, you know, what's important to you, what you've learned over the last 18 months about what you actually value. There were a lot of things that I was spending on. I'm sure you can, you and our, our listeners and our readers would agree that they were meaningless, but we just did it. Like the, you know, I call them these like spending fillers. You're bored, you spend money. You're on Instagram at night, you spend money. Maybe you had, you know, you had the capacity to do that. But now when you have to actually think about your future, given what you just experienced, you realize there's no more room for thoughtless spending. I I, I love that perspective. And I, I think that it applies in so many ways. It really resonates with me because what's happened over the past 18 months for me, and I think for a lot of folks is that we've removed a lot by choice. And sometimes, I mean, a lot of times not by choice from our lives, whether it's commitments or spending habits. Um, And now is the time to be really, really mindful about what you're adding back in. The, The silver lining from the past year or so has been the simplicity of life. So before we overcomplicate things by just going back and defaulting to the way things were. I love the idea of taking a pause and being really, really mindful about what you're adding back in. And then bringing the technology in to facilitate that, to make those decisions easier and less burdensome. So automatically, right, saving and investing and paying down your debt. We've been using these tools for years and now more than ever, I think they're really finding relevance in our lives because we are a little overwhelmed or a lot overwhelmed emotionally, 
depending on how things had gone for us in the last 18 months, never a good place to be making any sort of big decisions, life decisions, particularly financial ones. Where do you see the personal finance coverage going on CNET? What is going to be CNET's sort of lens through which it looks at money? What's unique about CNET, and we do this across a lot of topics, but I think it's going to be especially impactful within personal finance is there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot going on in finance that's impacting personal finance and crypto is just one of them. And I just, I loved your crypto week as a, as a reality check of what's going on. So that, I think that's a really great case study of where CNET comes in, where we're, we're evaluating what's happening in the world that may feel really big and overwhelming and making it practical and making it actionable. And sometimes that actionable advice is don't do anything. And then sometimes it's it comes with, but if you really want to, here are the ways that you can do it that, in, that makes sense and that we've evaluated as being the best. So where we're different is that we're there for the discovery and understanding and deep dives into personal finance topics. But we also want to take you to the next step of making a decision around whatever it is you're researching. Sometimes that looks like a calculator. So for example, um, when the child tax credit um, really started to pop off, we realized that it would be helpful for, for people to understand what they may or may not be getting. So within a week, the team spun up a calculator that you could use to find out exactly what you would get on CNET. That's something that was not available anywhere else. and. It's unique to CNET because we have that technology first mindset and we know that tools are so empowering. So you can expect a lot of really actionable tools and advice along those lines. I also happen to think, Farnoosh, that you are our edge, right? So we we want to, <laughs> you are the future. We, we You coming on board is really a signal that per, we know that personal finance is really personal and sometimes the best way to learn about personal finance is through a person. We're putting a face and a person who really gets it in front of what we're doing and connecting with our audience so that we can really better understand what their needs are is exactly what we're doing differently here. And you play a really big part of it. Oh, that is very nice of you to say. One of the things that uh, really gave me goosebumps in the announcement that we made on Tuesday, and one listener said, Farnoosh, think about this. You know, you've dedicated so much of your show, especially in recent months and the last year to social driven issues around money, whether that's the black wealth gap or, you know, how disability impacts your ability to build wealth and women and money, of course, and all of the challenges there, which have been really increasingly at the, at the center of this show, like kind of like, you know, rooting for the, for the marginalized. And just yesterday we did a podcast or this week we did it on, um, you know, advice for low income households in America. Cause so much of the personal finance advice assumes maybe you have already a few bases covered. And if you're, you know, you don't have a college education, you don't have a job, you know, all that you have debt, like What's the advice for that person to get ahead? So I try to find these relatively untold stories. And they said, you know, you're going over to a site that gets 110 million monthly unique visitors. Now, if only a fraction of them get exposure to some of these more 
you know, socially driven issues about money and really putting money in the context of the world that we live in, which is very diverse. And I could go on. Think about that impact, right? Think about that impact. And that just made me so, well, on the one hand, I was like, I got a big job ahead of me. But on the other hand, I was like, this is it. This is the new frontier, right? Like all this hard work, all this sort of consciousness around making sure that we're speaking to everybody and not just one particular group of people on this show, I feel like is going to get rewarded now in a bigger way and the impact is going to be even bigger. So again, thank you for giving me this platform. Oh, that, that at the risk of sounding like a social stalker, I, I think I know exactly which comment you're talking about because I took a screenshot. So we are totally excited for all the same reasons and I'll send it to you later. And, and that is exactly what we want to achieve is you've carved out such a unique perspective um, in personal finance that isn't just, you know, how to budget, make sure you're investing in crypto and like, here's how to automate your investments. It's so much more personal. It's emotional in all the right ways. And it's so inclusive. And I, and when we talk about how is CNET differentiating itself, you bringing that to our audience in a really big way is exactly how we're doing it. Sharon, what are your financial goals right now? What are, what are you thinking in terms of money as it relates to your life? I know you're a mom out in the Bay Area, San Francisco. Clue us in a little bit. In my personal life, there are a few things that um, I wouldn't say they're keeping me up at night. They're just keeping me busy because once I figure out that I want to do something, I, I, I'm really excited to take action. So I did just become a mom. I have a one-year-old. And I'm thinking about how does setting up this little person's future financially look like? And uh, it might look like a custodial investment account, which I've started researching and will be covering on CNET. It might look like, you know, the go-to ways like setting up a 529. But it also might look like taking new financial and investment risks that I wouldn't have before because now the stakes are higher. So how, what does diversifying my financial life look like knowing that the upside could benefit more than just me is really exciting. And on a, like, on a deeper personal level, we talked about how emotions and, and our personal lives are so intertwined with finances. I'm thinking a lot about what are the financial philosophies that I learned without even trying to from my parents and which ones are worth keeping and which ones are worth letting go of. And so it's this, uh, it's also a personal journey that I'm on right now that I'm exploring and, and really trying to understand why I do what I do financially and whether that comes from a place of logic and reason and education versus upbringing. Always worth exploring your path. Yes. Unpacking. Unpacking is always... I'm not sure if I'll be unpacking it on CNET, but I do think that, no. that there are... You can come on my right. show. You can come on so money powered by CNET. Yeah, no, I, I, this is this is the exact... This is totally up our alley. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for stopping by and sharing the mic with me. I thought it would be just a great time to, with all the excitement and, and fervor this week with the launch and the announcement to have you on because you've been such a you've play and will continue to play such a role in shaping this this category for us personal finance all gratitude here i i look forward to meeting you irl one day but for now we'll keep it virtual i'm so excited 